Have you ever thought that you're not living your best life and could be happier if you didn't have a condition like PCOS, colitis, migraines, anxiety, depression, hormonal issues, or skin issues? Have you ever been passed from specialist to specialist or you're waiting for an appointment about a physical or mental health condition and felt worried, frustrated, depressed? Or have you ever wondered how to go about being the fittest that you could ever be? Stay tuned. This podcast may change your life. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Eat, Burn, Sleep podcast. I am your host, Yalda Alawi, nutritional therapist, inflammation pioneer, and the founder of the Eat, Burn, Sleep platform, an acclaimed gut health and anti-inflammation platform, which is helping thousands of people around the world reach optimal levels of physical and mental health, and guiding them on being the best versions of themselves and ultimately effortlessly. Throughout the series, I'm going to educate you about how all aspects of health are connected and give you some insight to the eat, burn, sleep technique that I have developed with aim to give you some tools to tune into your best version so that you are living your best life, your way, in your corner of the world, a lot stronger happier and a lot healthier without extreme measures. In each podcast, I have invited various individuals who each have their own fascinating stories to share and that will help further educate yourselves on nutrition and physical and mental health. I also invite specialists in their field, whether it is physical or mental health, to help you understand further the connection between gut health, chronic inflammation, mental health, immune system health, and physical health. I am so grateful that they are joining me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Eat, Burn, Sleep podcast. Today, I have Steve Burns with me, emotional coach, addiction specialist. He's a wonderful therapist who has been on many episodes before, and today we're going to talk about the drama triangle. Steve, how are you? I'm very good, Yelda. How are you? I'm really well. It's sunny in London, and I'm excited to be here. To talk Likewise, about to talk about the drama triangle. The drama triangle is something that pretty much affects every client that walks through my door, so I'm excited to talk to you about it. Okay, so to give people a little bit of background, I had no clue. I had never heard about the drama triangle up to two years ago. And I was myself caught up in a situation which very much was dramatic. <laughs> and Steve came into my life to help me with that. He literally enlightened me, told me, you've got to read this book. You need to understand these are the three roles you two are playing in this dynamic. You've got to extract yourself from it. You can do it. You are someone who took adversity and a disease and turned it into something positive. I'm going to show you how to do that with people. So, Steve, tell us a little bit more about what the drama triangle is. So it's a very simple model that helps us to better understand, uh, in simple terms, 
unhealthy relationships between human beings. In simple terms, it helps us to better understand the roles that we're playing in those relationships and how the roles that we're playing will lead to anger, frustration, resentment, disappointment, as opposed to us being aware of our choice to perhaps play some other roles that will leave us free from all of those uh, drama-oriented emotions. Mm-hmm. So the drama triangle you told me was invented about 60 years ago? Yeah, oh, uh, so- a, a guy called uh, Stephen Cartman. Uh, and it's it's been around for 60 years, but uh, bizarrely, it's not really talked about much. So uh, typically, I think 90% of the clients that walk through my door over the last 18 years, where they are in dysfunctional relationships, aren't aware of the model and therefore aren't aware of the opportunities they have to transcend the drama and create much healthier uh, relationships with the people that they love. Yeah, or with the events that's happened in their lives. Yeah. Because I remember you talking about that. So could you tell us what the different roles are in the drama triangle? So three primary roles. The first role is the role of the victim. A victim typically is someone who feels powerless and helpless in the face of difficult circumstances or misfortune in their life. So uh, a victim's mantra typically is, poor me, Uh, I can't cope, Uh, it's not fair. And as you can hear, with that kind of narrative, they feel very powerless in terms of any of the struggles that they're having in life. Uh, The victim typically feels kind of unworthy of love or achievement, They typically feel quite ashamed of their circumstances uh, and they believe that that life changing is entirely dependent on other people or external factors changing on their behalf. Uh, So as you can imagine, a victim is always looking to be rescued by someone or something. So the second role is the rescuer the person who swoops down uh, and basically uh, gives all of the answers to the victim. So the rescuer is typically someone who's looking to alleviate the pain or the suffering of other people, especially victims. And their mantra tends to be, I'm going to save you. I'm going to make things better for you. Uh, I know best, just do what I tell you to do. So rescuers tend to focus all of their attention on victims and victims typically are always looking uh, to be rescued. So there's a symbiotic relationship there. Uh, The third role comes in when uh, either uh, the victim feels like the rescuer is doing a bad job or they're feeling too stressed out by the demands of the rescuer uh, and they turn into a persecutor. So uh, or Uh, briefly, uh, the rescuer is getting frustrated that the victim's not doing what the rescuer is telling them to do, and they become a persecutor. So the persecutor, in very simple terms, is just looking to criticize, blame, judge uh, in a manner that's generally demeaning. Uh, the, The persecutor is, if you like, the typical kind of school bully, where they're just looking to feel better about themselves as a means of demeaning other people. So the three roles, the victim, I'm powerless, uh, and poor me in light of what's being done to me. Uh, The rescuer, 
Uh, I'm looking to save you. Uh, I know best. Just do what I say. Uh, and I'm going to ignore my own stuff in, in uh, the meantime. And then the persecutor, very much criticism, blame, uh, and looking to demean others as a means to feel better within themselves. Understood. And people can take the different roles. Very much so. So if you imagine a scenario where a uh, husband and wife uh, and let's imagine that the uh, the wife is feeling very victimy uh, in relation to not being happy in her life uh, and looking for her husband to kind of come in and rescue her and make her life wonderful. And let's imagine that the husband is kind of rescue oriented. So uh, he's coming up with all sorts of things for the wife to do to improve the quality of her life. Uh, and actually that dynamic's working until... Uh, for example, the husband's a little bit over-demanding, a little bit over-rescuing and telling the wife she'd be doing this, that and the other. And the wife feels overwhelmed uh, and can't really cope with this. So she turns into a persecutor and starts having a go at the husband. The husband's just been trying to rescue, so he doesn't quite understand. So now he feels like a victim to her persecution. But then he gets to a point of thinking, well, sod this, uh, I'm not happy with being attacked. So he now starts attacking in response. The wife then goes from a persecutor back into victim mode. So these roles are incredibly fluid. And we're literally, we can second by second be moving around this drama triangle. We're always in a different position to the other person, but we're continually moving around it. I say that, but all of us tend to have a starting gate position. So I'll meet a, a client walking into my office and I'll recognize they're pretty victim-y. They're, they're not really taking responsibility for their stuff and they're looking for people to save them. Or I'll have someone wandering in here and I can tell they're really uh, very much a rescuer because they're not really talking about themselves. They're talking about all the problems with all the people around them and how they're trying to help and support them. Equally, every now and then I have someone coming in here and their starting gate position is uh, the kind of bully, the persecutor, and they're, you know, blaming and shaming and uh, kind of attacking uh, everyone in their lives. But the reality is we all, we're all to a lesser or greater extent party to this model. It's part of our humanity. Um, and for all of us, whilst we'll have a starting gate position, we're all very capable of swapping hats and, and moving roles. So interesting. So for the wife and husband that you just described, what would be the solution for them to transcend the triangle and come out of this very, these very unhealthy patterns? So there are three different roles uh, that we can choose to take that quite literally allow us to transcend all of the dysfunction that happens when we're in the drama triangle. So the victim can become a creator. Whereas the victim is ultimately abdicating responsibility for taking action in their life, they're looking to be rescued. The creator is doing the absolute inverse. The creator is recognizing that they are strong and powerful and that if they just choose to focus on making decisions for themselves and taking action for themselves, their reality will change. So as a victim, I feel powerless as a creator, I feel powerful. As a victim, I'm looking to be rescued. As a creator, I'm looking to be helped and supported in ways that work for me. Make sense? Yeah. So uh, the rescuer. So the rescuer, the biggest challenge uh, of the rescuer is 
recognizing that by rescuing, they are treating the other human being like a victim. If I'm trying to rescue uh, you, Yelda, I'm working on the basis that you are powerless and that you need my help and support. But that's, that's disempowering the person that I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to rescuing, one can become a coach. So as a coach, that's what I do for a living. My job is not to create an environment where my client feels dependent on me to rescue them. My job is to empower my client to feel strong and able to make decisions and take action that are going to improve the quality of their life. So we can go from rescuing to coaching. Rescuer, I'll resolve everything. I appreciate that you're kind of a bird with a broken wing and I'll come and make everything better. Uh, A coach, you might be a bird with a broken wing, but you can still breathe. And if you actually hold your wing this way, you can probably fly too. And why don't you choose to do so? Because you'll feel better. Make sense? It makes complete sense. I remember the first time we spoke, I really loved that about you because I have that exact same ethos with my work where I tell my clients all the time, I'm not giving you fish. I'm teaching you how to catch fish. Boom. The Eat, Burn, Sleep platform is to empower you so you can take charge of your own health. You can't outsource your physical health. You can't outsource your mental health. Steve can't speak, think positively for you. I can't eat healthily for you. You've got to understand and make your own decisions. And I think that what I have seen, and now I'm taking a little bit of a tangent, but what's something, something that's bothered me in the, in the health space, yeah. whether it, it, it is the need to go and see somebody all the time, then for me, they're not doing a good job. Brilliant. We've got to empower people. Absolutely. So they can, you know, then come back. So I created the platform so they have that as a support system, but they are doing it. They don't need to be told what to eat after every single meal. They have food list and they can adapt it to life. It's for them to take charge of their decisions. Um, but coming back to the drama triangle, so in the in the example of the wife and the husband, would yeah. you, for example, advise the husband to stop trying to rescue her and you tell her that she needs to to take care of herself and Uh, maybe yelder i can tell you uh about my own marriage uh i can tell you about uh my wife so um as the kids go to secondary school they're more interested in spending more time uh out and about and doing their own thing uh my wife had a bit of a hole in her life Um, and she, for probably three or four months, we had this little dance going on where she was kind of looking to me to tell her what to do, uh, to create a happier life. She was a bit victimy. It's not fair. And look, you've got your work and you've got your golf and look what I've got. The kids are now not here and so on and so forth. Uh, and look, I, I could have swept in like a knight in shining armor and said, right, well, why don't you do this and now do this and now do this, but you haven't done that properly. So now do it like that and so on and so forth. Treated it like a victim with me being the rescuer. And all that would have done was create resentment and frustration. And uh, one of us would have turned into a persecutor really quickly. The conversation I had with uh, my wife, Ali, uh, was really simple, which was, Uh, It sounds like you have a wonderful opportunity to now 
think about your own life, think about the things that you want to bring into your life and map out for yourself how you're going to go about doing it. Now, if I can assist you in that, it would be my pleasure to do so, but it's on you to take responsibility for filling that hole in your own life. So I'm not going to rescue you. I'm going to empower you. If you want me to to coach, I'm happy to. Uh, if you want me to to challenge you, uh, we didn't talk about challenger versus persecutor. Perhaps we'll come into that uh, shortly. Happy to do so. But I'm not responsible for your happiness in life. You're responsible for your happiness in life. And mm-hmm. just, just to put it another way, you know, the specialist isn't responsible for your health in life. You're responsible for your health in life. Yes, you can choose to take advice. Yes, you can choose to listen. But ultimately, it's down to you to make decisions and take action in support of living a healthier life and, and in this regard, a happier life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times that clients walk into my office. And it, it's, I think it's, it's a wonderful parallel with your business, Yelda, where it's almost like, okay, Steve, save me. Wave your magic wand. Go on do it, go on, and then I can go out and I'll be happy. Uh, and, and that is the archetypal. They're walking in as a victim and they're casting me as the rescuer. And I've got clients who've been in those kind of codependent relationships with uh, psychotherapists and counselors for like 10 years straight where they're just continuing to do that dance. But the one thing that hasn't happened is the human being who's looking for the help hasn't changed their mindset from victim to creator. They haven't chosen to step into their power they haven't chosen to accept their own responsibility for making better decisions and taking action in their lives so describe to us transcending victim becomes creator you've just described it yes persecutor becomes challenger what does that look like so um very easy for all of us to be passive aggressive sarcastic uh in light of listening to someone and hearing about their woes and, you know, we've got the answers and, you know, you should do this and you should do that, you should do the other. Whereas the persecutor is looking to demean and diminish, the challenger is looking to use logic and rational thought to challenge the perspective of the victim or the rescuer to help them to garner a more appropriate mindset. So, uh, Ali comes to me, um, and says, uh, uh, she's learning golf at the moment. She's learning to play golf. Uh, I really can't do it. Uh, it's awful. Uh, I don't know what to do. So I could be a bit of a persecutor and say, well, give it up then. Give it up then. You know, a bit passive aggressive, not really in her face. Or I could be a challenger, which is specifically what's the bit that you're finding hard and now I'm going to be a coach, and how might you go about overcoming that? So it's just a, a mindset where I'm not, I'm not in that passive-aggressive, sarcastic, demeaning mode. I'm trying to be constructive and use logical thought and, and uh, rational thinking to challenge the perspective of the other person. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Absolutely. And how about... Let's talk about people to whom many issues happen in their lives, which are outside of that control yes um uh, i would argue uh, yeah i'd argue everything that happens in our lives is outside of our control but I, I i get the point sorry keep going yes but so so i have you know i have a a friend in mind actually who's um 
was an amazing person, uh, but he kept, you know, blaming uh, people not helping, this not happening, how unlucky, and this was about business. Yeah. Oh, that person hasn't responded to my email. Look, I'm trying hard. Doors are not being opened for me. And one day I had enough. I said, listen, you've got to read this book. I don't want to hear you again moaning about this. You read this book. Yeah. So I sent the book and, uh, and he called me almost crying. <laughs> I'm, said, assuming, as, I'm assuming the book said, was the, the Empowerment Dynamic, David Emerald. It's, that's right. Yeah. The one you shared with me, the Empowerment Dynamic. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll link it in the description box. Um, as he started crying, he goes, but this is, you don't understand, Yalda, this is also describing my, my last relationship. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, don't cry now. You're be becoming victim again. <laughs> uh, Yalda, it is amazing when people suddenly realize that, you know, a 45-year-old realizing that they've spent most of their life playing one of these roles. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's amazing when we suddenly can see that for ourselves, how easy it is to start going about affecting change. The problem is when we're not aware, for example, we're in that victim mode, everything is about what's being done to me and it's not fair and, and I can't cope. Mm -hmm. When we're in that mindset, we can't see the wood for the trees. But the second that we step out of that role, the second that we choose to think like a creator, to be focused on the things that we want, to see ourselves as strong as power and powerful, everything changes. And yeah, look, I have an awful lot of clients that walk in here and they tell me, you know, the world's a, a really tough place and, and uh, this one's against me and that one's against me and this happened and that happened. And, and my response typically is the same, which is, yep, that's life. That's life. Mm -hmm. We can't control the things that, that are going on around us. We can't control other people. We can't control acts of nature. Uh, and therefore, in many respects, we don't have control the one thing that we might choose to recognize that we have some level of control over is how we choose to think, how we choose to feel, and how we choose to behave. Uh, the, uh, the John Milton quote springs to mind. My mind is its own place. It can make a heaven out of hell or a hell out of heaven. Absolutely. Most, most victims feel like life is hell, even though they may well be surrounded by love and have material uh, things around them that mean that their life is comfortable. Equally, I meet other people in life where it looks like their minds has made a, a, a heaven out of hell because it looks like they have nothing. But they're in that kind of creator mindset. They see themselves as strong as powerful. They, therefore, they tend to smile more and frown less. That's so amazing. You know, I see that actually with... Uh with people with health issues, I see clearly the difference between people who act like victims with whatever condition they have developed and people who act like creators. And that's why I often say you can't force anyone to, to make healthier choices. I'll give you an example. I have quite a few people who are on the platform who have fixed whatever issue, um, a hormonal issue, um, 
you know, um, anxiety because all of this being linked to, to inflammation. And they say to me, my sister has got this disease. She's got Crohn's or she, I really want her to join the burn sleep platform. I really want her. And I always <laughs> say, you've got to leave her alone. Yeah. People have to be ready to be creators. Absolutely. You, and I say to these people, look, you've fixed your PCOS because I haven't done it. You did it. I've given you the tools, but you did it. You were amazing. And you're keeping up those choices. Only she can do it. She, she can do it when she decides. So at the end of the day, we decide if we're happy or not. Well, we I think decide. There's, there's, that's the difference between abdicating responsibility and accepting responsibility. So the victim abdicates their responsibility, whereas the creator chooses to take responsibility for their lives and making decisions. I had a client I've started working with, funnily enough, uh, back end of last week. Um, a history of about five years of migraines, uh, of vertigo, uh, and um, some tummy-based stuff. Uh, he has had every test known to man. He's had uh, MRIs, he's had head CTs, he's had cameras uh, put uh, in places that no one wants cameras uh, put to try and work out what's wrong with him. And uh, all of the tests have come back that there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, and he's he's walked into my office. And the first thing that he tells me is that um, he's been really unhappy with the specialists. And he doesn't think that they've done the test right. And that he's read on the internet and that maybe it's this and that and the other. I was in, obviously, I, I'm in coach challenger mode. And uh, I asked him what he knew about kind of stress-related illness that has a massive impact on inflammation, for example. Uh, and he said, well, nothing. And uh, so I, I acted as a challenger and just educated him a little bit about the impact that stress can have on our central nervous system and on our, uh, our uh, ability to heal ourselves. Uh, and I pointed out to him that he doesn't do any exercise and hasn't for about 10 years. So there's no physiological kind of, uh, uh, activity going on to support creating serotonin and endorphins, which is wonderful for inflammation, for example. Uh, and, uh, how there's no emotional exercise going on. So he's not doing any mindfulness or doing anything to better control his stress levels. He's just workaholic who is constantly looking to be rescued by the medical experts. Uh, so my job as a coach and as a challenger was to point out to him that he might choose to take more responsibility for his physical and emotional health and well-being. And as a result, he may well find that a lot of his physical ailments disappear i.e he becomes his own healer uh his reaction was uh he kind of bounced between on the, the one side the ultimate victim i can't believe you're saying this to me you know i've got real genuine medical issues and then another which is man have i missed something here you know because i i can't really other than play the victim because i explain the roles to him i can't really push back mm -hmm. i mean just a great example right of yeah that kind of victim mentality where we're looking to be rescued, looking for the magic wand as opposed to taking responsibility ourselves, for example, in your world, around what I choose to eat yeah. and how I choose to exercise. I find it quite frustrating, actually, when people criticize doctors because 
the truth is, in the holistic world, people love criticizing doctors. I, being the uber-rational person that I am, and with, you know, the background that I have in maths and all of that, finance, when people say that, I said, I said to them, you're 100% wrong. Doctors have a set of rules. Yes. And they are playing within those rules. Yes. They are not taught nutritional therapy at medical school. Yeah. They can't put forward any statement that's not backed by a study. So how many studies show that an anti-inflammatory diet might help with inflammatory bowel disease? Very few. Things like diabetes, PCOS, yes, there have been studies. And for that, they put it forward. But you can't blame the doctors. They have a set of rules. They, they save us from, you know, catastrophic scenarios. But, but for optimal health levels, it's in our hands. It's the same thing with mental health. People can come and see you, but they, they've got to do the work. I remember the first time I came to see you, you started <laughs> with, Yalda, you're going to have a lot of homework. I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> and Yalda, what that is, is, again, it's exactly the same as what you're doing, is my job is to turn someone Ultimately, my job to turn someone from uh, a victim to a creator. Exactly. And it's the same with you, which is about taking personal responsibility. And look, I can't argue and you can't argue that there are going to be people out there where irrespective of them taking personal responsibility, they're still going to have physical or emotional health issues. But as a result of taking more responsibility and, and feeling a little bit more in control as that kind of creator it's amazing how the experience can be so much easier on the nerves and how we can we can smile through some of our adversity as opposed to curl up in a ball and uh yeah disengage absolutely yeah this was so interesting steve thank you so much so i what is that one more thing you'd like our listeners to keep in mind when it comes to relationships and drama uh, just, I would recommend everyone read that book and start to think about the roles that you're playing in your marriage, in your parenting, uh, and in your relationship with, with other family and friends, because as a result of just being a little bit more aware of the roles that you're playing, you can make decisions that will set you free from so much of the drama that you're experiencing in your life. Thank you, Steve. So the book is David Emerald. Ted or the drama uh, Ted, comma, the empowerment dynamic. That's it. Thank you so much, Steve. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. You can find Steve on um, thetherapylounge.com. You can go okay. and book a session with him. You can listen to other podcasts that we have recorded together. Thank you all for listening. I wish you a beautiful day. Thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. My pleasure, Yelda. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and rate it and share it with your friends. In the meantime, most importantly, keep happy, keep healthy, and keep the inflammation down. I invite you to check eatburnsleep.com for articles, videos, and recipes all helping further educate you on chronic inflammation and enjoy your life to the fullest. Thanks for listening and see you next time.